How many of you are blessed? Amen. How many of you know that you're blessed even when you don't think you're blessed? How many of you realize you're, you're blessed even when you don't feel blessed? Amen? Come on, I'm, I'm, this, this is good stuff. See, God wants us to move into, uh, let me get this turned the right way. I've got it turned the wrong way. And uh, he wants us to recognize. Let, let me just share with you a, a word that I've got. It's time to live out of attitude and not just gratitude. I'm thankful when I was five years old and laid paralyzed in Labonner Hospital for seven months uh, that God healed me. But I want to tell you something. I, my, my, see, gratitude thanks him for what he's done. Attitude thanks him for what he will do. And I'm thankful that I have it. I, anybody here have a little bit of aviation background? You know, there's a term in aviation that says your attitude determines your altitude. Because I used to be a, a, a pilot, I understand that. And so attitude will determine whether or not you soar with the eagles or you scratch the ground with, with the chickens. Amen? I, I'm determined I'm going to soar with the eagles of God and not scratch with the turkeys or scratch with the chickens, as they say. And so what I want to do today, I remember back when Jane Hammond was here in December, she just brought out a little nugget. This is the year of the open door. The rabbis out of Israel are saying that. The prophetic voices in this nation around the world are prophesying. This is a year of the open door, a, a year of the open door to be effective. In 1 Corinthians 16, 9, it says that. I've set before you a, a door to be effective, but then it, focused, then it said, but there are many adversaries. And so... She brought out that the year 5778, that's the year we're in right now, or 2018, the eight on either one of those look like a Hebraic symbol for a gate. And God immediately spoke to me and he said, you must secure your personal gate to be able and empowered to enter in through his open door and become effective. And so I, I'm, I'm just kind of hung on this, but this week uh, while I was in the conference in Atlanta, and by the way, the conference there was just incredible. Uh, we'll be getting Tim in as quick as we can. Tim Sheets has got a word on the spiritual language of God right now that just, it blew my mind. My, my brain went tilt, you know, with it, and we want to get him in here. And so what I want to do is deal with some things this morning that will help you secure your personal gate. How many of you know it's time to get rid of our sinking thinking? We, we need to think God's thoughts. And we need to, we need to have the things that, uh, uh, you know, we need to have the mind of Christ. My, my notes got off here. Give me just a second. Uh, da, 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 da. I'm, I'm not in the right place. I'm going. I'm going to get there. I meant to, I actually developed a PowerPoint for this. But we're lacking on media people today. We're act, act, lacking on that. Uh, thank God the streaming going. Steve, you're up there somewhere. Uh, bless you. We thank you. We thank everybody that's working behind the scene um, with it. But anyway, I'm going I'm to try to condense this as much as I can. But how many of you know we are to, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 says, we're to walk by faith and not by sight. And part of securing your personal gate is we need to move into the place that we're walking by. See, walking by faith only begins where your logic and reasoning ends. 
How many of you have ever tried to reason something out? Well, you know, if I go on this trip, it, you know, it's probably going to cost me more. Well, see, that's not the way that you operate. It's not the way that you work. What you need to realize is that if you, what has God said? You know, I, I have some in my life I love very dearly, and they've said to me over the years that, you know, I want to go with you on a trip, believe it with me, for the money. And I said, the money will never come. Oh, you know, with it. And they said, why? And I said, you got to first settle that you're going. You don't, you don't make decisions to do things from God. If you provide, I'll do this, Lord. That, God doesn't work that way. That's opposite to the kingdom. The kingdom works off of sowing and reaping. And so you've got you to sow. You've got to set your heart. What has God said? I had a conversation with a lady that is now divorced. Uh, I was asked by a pastor and asked by her husband, and they're, they're, we, we know them. And I was, I was asked to speak, and I asked her, you know, I, you know, when we had this conversation, she told me, she said, I'm filing for divorce. And I said, I need to ask you this. What has God said? What can I tell you? She couldn't tell me anything that God said. All she tell me is uh, the, what has happened. Now, can I tell you, in the natural, she had every right to get her divorce. Are you hearing me? But in the, you know, as, as I talked to her, this, this lady's out in Arizona, as I talked to her with that, and she's now divorced, and her life is headed down the wrong road, headed down a very tragic way, care about her very, very much. But what I'm trying to tell you, I don't care what the circumstances is. I don't live by circumstance. I live by what Yahweh has said and is saying. And when you don't deviate from that, you can secure your personal gate and go into the place that God wants. See, the power of sight leads you to live by reasoning or by reason. You'll reason things out. We are in a new era. Everybody say it's a new era. When Billy Graham passed away on the 21st day of February, we entered into a new era. I don't know why God chose to line it with his uh, promotion into the cloud of witnesses, but we're in a new era. Things are happening. See, fear, doubt, and unbelief are the symptoms of living by sight. Fear, doubt, and unbelief are the symptoms of living by sight. See, when you live by sight, you move into comparing. Eve compared what God said in relationship to what the serpent said in the garden. What did he say? Will you surely die? She began to compare that to God's Word. Listen, nothing can compare to God's Word. Anything that you begin to compare to God's Word is natural logic and reasoning, and it will take away from it. She reasoned, and as she reasoned, she reasoned into an inequality. See, Eve exchanged the truth for a lie. You know, Satan only has one tool, one weapon. That's to get you to exchange the truth for a lie. He, he disguises it in many ways. You know, he, you know, he wants us to doubt. I mean, people that are, you know, look at the, the churches today. Please hear me, Grace. But look at the churches today that are now saying, well, the Word of God's wrong. We, we need to embrace homosexuality. We need, you know, it's not wrong for the same sexes to be married. Look at that deception that's coming in. The Word of God is valid for today. That's not that we don't love those people. It's not that we, we you know, it, it probably has affected uh, every one of us in this room and somehow you've worked with or you have in the family with that. It's not that we don't love. It's the fact that we understand what the Word of God. See, the word inequality is made up of the root word of unequal, 
wait a minute, excuse me, I'm about to say it wrong. Inequality, the root word of unequal and inequality is actually the word iniquity. The root word of it. How many of you understand what iniquity is? An iniquity is something you have a bend toward. There are some people because they've not dealt with generational curses and iniquities have been handed down, they have a bend to lie. Or they have a bend to uh, be excessive in, uh, in, in the, uh, uh, and abuse alcohol or abuse uh, uh, medications. or you know How many of you have been around someone who has an addictive personality? <clears throat> with that well it comes out of an iniquity are you hearing me see Cain and Abel when Cain compared his offering to Abel there was an inequality this re this resulted in an iniquity which led to murder everybody say murder and it led to the death of two destiny only Abel died but Cain's destiny died and when you come into these inequalities, you're going to move into that place that you're not securing your personal gate. You're not going to be able to go through into this open door, and you're going to lose your effectiveness. God wants us to become far more effective in this hour than we can be. Susan and I leave in just right after the service with that and we've got a trailer load of equipment on the way to Colorado we're going to drop it off at the property up in Arkansas but we're carrying the equipment there that we can be effective with we're carrying things there to spray we're th carrying things there to trim, trim limbs we're carrying things there that we can work on it with it we want to be effective see uh, with it these destinies died both destiny died how does iniquity come into our lives? It begins to come when we begin to compare. Anytime you begin to compare, there must be unforgiveness in you. Well, you know, I'm as spiritual as uh, Apostle Clay. You know, I, I, can, I don't know why Dan uh, does a lot of the teaching. I can teach as well as, as Dan. Listen, it's a dangerous thing to begin to compare yourself to someone else. Amen. I, the comparison that we should compare to is Jesus and understand we're always going to come up short. He's not, we compare to him because we have an example of who he is forming us and creating us to be. We've been created, but he's still forming us. Can you say amen? See, when you begin to compare, then you begin, then, you, then we tend to get into competition. And when you get into competition, we feed this political spirit that's over this nation. Is it not the biggest bunch of nonsense going on in Washington, D.C. right now you've ever heard? I'm not talking about one side or the other. I'm just telling you the whole blooming mess. I think the answer to every bit of it is, is God needs to, he needs to pull a, a Jordan River deal and a bunch of people just need to die off. I hope they make heaven. Or either their tongues cleave to the top of their mouth or they float to the top of the Senate and can't get off the roof for about four days. Off the ceiling, not roof. Or I'm, I'm serious. The fear of God needs to come. Some of this is nonsense. I, I said in the conference in Atlanta that my dad slapped me when I was 14 years old and said, boy, grow out of that. And I grew out of it. And somebody needs to slap them some of this stuff. You know, you, you can't, listen, it's, it's not about a candidate. It's not about a man. It's not about anything. But if you can't look and see that things are getting better uh, with, with some things, 
with that. And I mean, I, I listen to people on TV just totally deny. Do you realize that our president meeting with someone from North Korea and another nation, how many miracles are on that forefront? That young man does not fly. He does not travel for him to come out of his nation. And all they want to do is pick apart. It's nothing going to come out of it, and he's going to compromise and all. Let's wait and see. I read in an old book something I'd love to quote to the media. I'd love to quote to those that are in the Senate and the House. And it says, a fool answers a question before it's asked. <laughs> and that's what they're doing, and that's what most of the fake news is doing. They're speculating. And they're trying to manipulate you with their, with their speculating. Whew. Now let's talk. It's already came out in prophetic words this morning. Let's talk about faith, hope, and love. How does hope fit into the scheme of this? I want to read to you from the NIV, Isaiah 40, 31. You think you know it, but listen to this. But those who hope in the Lord. Most translations say, but those that wait upon the Lord. But the NIV says, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. How many of you need your strength renewed? then you're going to have to get some fresh hope. There was a movie years ago with, I get the uh, uh, Julia Roberts or the other girl, Sandra Bullock. I, I, those two actors look so much like I get them mixed up. Whichever one. And it was called Fresh Hope. And it was an incredible movie to me. I mean, I, I saw God all through it. I, and if you watch it and it's got curse words, forgive me. I didn't, those curse words don't cause me to want to backslide, Okay. But I saw the theme of it. It's time for fresh hope. Listen, if you'll, if you'll get infused with fresh hope, you'll become fresh hope to someone else. And that's what it's about. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. Remember? And they will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. This is free. I'm not charging anything for this. But when, before we sold our trucking, got out of the trucking business, uh, on all our mud flaps of our trucks, we had that scripture on the back of it. Big picture of an eagle, Ron Garner, because you're a truck driver. And it said, Isaiah 40, uh, 31, they shall run and not grow weary because we wanted our drivers to drive day and night, all right? And so we uh, thought we'd be prophetic and put that. See, hope is an expectation. It is an anticipation. It is a confidence about something or someone, but it is always based on the steadfastness of God's character. Can I tell you what? <clears throat> He's the God that changes not. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he cannot lie. He's, his character is not changing. He's the same as he's always ha has been and always will be. Can I tell you, you can trust in the character of God. Don't build your relationship with Father God around his acts. Amen. The acts of God can change. Can I give you my best example? Ananias and Sapphira lied about their giving, and they dropped dead. And people lie every Sunday about their giving. I'm not talking about in this house. I know none of you would lie. They all go to other churches. But people lie about their giving, and God's not killing them 
Are you saying that was an act of God and out of his mercy he's not doing that today necessarily. But people want to, people get to know God out of his act, you know, whether it be holy laughter, whether it be healing, whether it be with that. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1 it says, now faith, everybody say now faith, now faith. is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Hopeful. What are you hoping for today? Listen, you'll never move into faith. You'll never, it will never become. See, hope is the raw material which faith shapes into something of reality called substance. You got to get this. Hope is the raw material which faith shapes into something of reality called substance. You ever been around these people that their faith they deny they are sick. They deny they have cancer in their body. You know, that's their command. That's not reality. Let me tell you what faith does. Faith takes the hope that God will heal you and moves into faith. And it supersedes to the higher authority. And when you supersede to the higher authority or, or, or reach up to the higher authority, you trust what God has said. By his stripes, we're healed. That's not denying that there's cancer or or sickness in your body, what it's doing, it's actually stepping up to the higher law. See, sometimes our faith will not work because hope is absence. How is hope formed? Romans 4, 17, 18, it said, As it is written, I've made you the father of many nations. In the presence of him whom he, whom he believed, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. When he said, this is speaking of Abram, when he said to Abram and Sarah that they were going to have a child, their bodies said otherwise. You know, I don't know what Sarah said about Abraham, but he probably looked at her and he said, you know, I can't see this happening. And so they decided they'd help God out. And we've got this major squirmish going on, not a squirmish, we have this major spiritual war going on in the world today because of what they did. 18 says, who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. You know what's a word for you and I? We're descendants of Abraham. Amen? We're descendants. We're the seed of Abraham. Are you hearing me? And we need to understand that contrary to hope, in hope, we need to believe. In the worst situation. You know, you know, we've walked many people through. Dodie, I believe you're strong enough, but I remember the hope and the faith and the prayers we prayed over Jim Withrow. He, Jim, Jim wasn't, he was an incredible man of God. He wasn't just Chuck and Steve's father, Dodie's husband. He was a friend to us. We valued. I mean, I, I ran across the picture the other day, and I don't remember what that conference was called, but the conference we had here, and the, I mean, it was an incredible conference, and and. And Jim and Dodie got out and did the jitterbug right up here in the spirit. I'm talking about they got up here, they danced. I, I think that's reading the carpet's thin right there, amen, with that. See, hope, believe, he hoped, Abraham hoped, believed, and became the father of many nations. It was a process. See, some of us are not willing to embrace the process. Why was Abraham able to increase his faith? It says in Romans 4 and verse 21, and being fully convinced that what he had, what God had promised, <clears throat> God was also able to do. See, sometimes you've got to carry the promise. Amen? 
See, the, when you're carrying the promise, you, when you're carrying what God has said, you're in the process of time. But when you come to the fullness of time, that's when the promise begins to kick in and you begin to see. I got a word while I was in Atlanta that the money's going to come far more quicker for the ark than, than what we're even believing. I, I received that word. I, I don't believe the person that prophesied it was just trying to make me feel good. I received that. I felt... <clears throat> some weight on it. I'm looking, Susan and I are looking forward to that. We've got so much that's hinging on that. But see, when we deal with our personal gate, we're going to have to also deal with our learned behaviors and belief system. See, these things are entrenched life pattern, ways of living, lifestyle, value systems, and culture. Let me just share with you. I'm fixing to get, get it real. I'm speaking to every person in here. We've got to quit talking about the popo. I mean, that in itself is derogative. We've got to quit talking about our law enforcement in front of our children because we're eroding their ability to trust them. Can I tell you what? There's far fewer rogue cops than what some of these people out here want you to believe. Listen, do I believe that black lives matter? I do. But I double dog dare you to search it out and see the source of where it started two black lesbian women that want to cause a racial divide in this nation. You ought to see the things that they have written. Are you hearing me? 83% of the people arrested in Ferguson were Muslims paid by George Soros to come from Chicago there. I got that from an FBI agent. There's an agenda to destroy our nation. There's an agenda to cause us to turn on each other. I have news for you. We need each other. And we must have each other. See, these are mindset that children get born into and raised in all their life. I am amazed at the young people. I'm not talking about any particular race or pigmentation of skin. But the young people today that believe that the law is out to get them. <clears throat> I, I have been around people that every time they went out to eat, they got bad service. I can go to the same restaurant and get the best service there is. Amen? I've been around relatives that believe every vehicle they buy is a lemon. And every vehicle they buy is a lemon. Every doctor they go to is a quack. And they end up with doctors that make bad decisions or lawyers or whatever. Let me tell you what. And I, I don't have a better word. Please give me some grace and mercy on that. Karma is real. Now, I'm not talking about new age. But what you sow, you reap. And your thoughts are things that you sow. Am I making sense to you? We need to change our way of thinking. I want to choose the, I choose, don't want to, I choose to believe the promises of God and not what the enemy's doing. I'm not focused on what he's doing. I'm, I'm, am I cautious? Am I wise? Am I all of the above? Yes. But see, <clears throat> we need to realize these children that were around us, it's the same way. They don't just disrespect the law. They disrespect ministers. I, you can call it religion you want to. I didn't get born again to 28, but when I was a young man, we wouldn't cuss. We didn't curse. We cussed. We didn't cuss on the street the church was on. 
and we called every pastor, pastor. <clears throat> I mean, I've seen so much disrespect in my day by, by young people because of what they're, you know what their parents are doing at home around them. By the time it gets passed to the children from the previous cultures, it has a momentum of multiple ages and cultures behind it. We're in a culture war right now because of what's been imparted in to the young people of this nation. Then we can talk about generational curses. And I'm not going to I'm not going to get hung on that. I want to move, but they they're there. But let's talk about out of 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4, 5 and 6. 4 and 5 said, "For the weapons of our warfare." That word warfare is the word strategero. It is where we get strategy. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down stronghold. Let me just tell you, when you secure your personal gate, the strongholds of hell will be pulled down. When you secure your personal gate, the strongholds of hell will be pulled down. Verse 5, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought. Everybody say every thought. Now let's talk about that word every in the group, in the Greek. The word every in the Greek means every, totality, 100%. Every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, verse 6 is where I want to carry you to, being ready to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. You want to do spiritual warfare? Don't shout at the devil. Ask God what to do and be obedient to it. Amen? When Susan and I owed $787,000 and couldn't pay it, and we got born again and we asked God what to do, <clears throat> I remember he said, I'm going to show you how to give your way out of debt. And man, we started giving. We started giving so much. Her parents who were helping us financially at that time, because, I mean, we were broke. Let me tell you how broke we were. We were so broke we couldn't pay attention. Amen? That's pretty broke. I, I'll tell, be honest with you, on August the 2nd, 1985, our oldest daughter's birthday, we didn't have the money to buy her a birthday card. We didn't have the money to get an egg to make her a cupcake, much less a cake. I remember Susan and I standing. I can see it now. Both of us crying, standing across the, the counter of our house and asking God for a miracle. You remember the miracle that happened? A few days later, a man came to me and said, The Lord, I mean, 6 o'clock in the morning, showed him out and said, The Lord told me I'm to hire you. In those days, I, and I'm still much this way, but I said, Well, I'll have to pray about it. I, even though the Lord said, told him. And I prayed about it, called him up, we met. And I said, So what are you going to pay? And he said, Well, how much would it take to hire you? And uh, I remember what I told him. And he, I remember he looked right across and he, he said, Well, I'll pay you double that. And I said, why would you pay me double? And he said, the Lord told me you wouldn't ask for enough and to give you twice what you asked for. And I went to work for him. I managed a trucking company, and I managed a, a big farm for him, and I was still preaching, and I was still prophesying, and I was still doing all the things that I did. And we began to dig a little bit out of that hole. Amen? It was, it was you, know, I was you know, I had people call and want me to preach. He'd let me off. He would come back and run the company with that. But it says, and being ready to revenge. Everybody say revenge. 
all disobedience when our or your obedience is complete. Let me just tell you, strongholds are built one brick at a time. Some of you, some of us, some of the world, some of the church, some of the nation have some strongholds that God is trying to dismantle in this hour. It's always a thinking. We've got to move beyond that. But they're built one brick at a time. All it takes with it. Now let's get into the meat of the message and I'll finish up. I want to give you four key points about securing your personal gate. First one, thoughts. Remember what it said? Bringing into captivity your thoughts. The second one, contradictions. The third one, imaginations. And the fourth one, strongholds. Listen to this, a thought. Here's a thought. I want you to catch this. Your thought is, our, dog, our neighbor's dog is friendly, but he sure barks a lot. That's a thought. Let's get into a contradiction. Our neighbor's dog is angry, and he will bite me. That's a contradiction to what has already taken place. He just barks a lot. He's never bit you. But you begin to think because he barks a lot. You move from a thought to exchanging the truth for a lie in your thinking, and it becomes a contradiction. How about an imagination? Listen to this. Imagination. A dog bite can give us tetanus, which causes us to become stiff and have muscle spasm or even rabies from which you can die. So you're beginning to get imagery that's not God's imagery. Are you hearing me? We do this all the time. We have a tendency to do this all the time. And then the last one, how about a stronghold? Listen to this. I have a deep-seated fear of dogs because they're trying to kill me. I can't even walk by one on the street without breaking out into a, a sweat and going into a panic. These are how we move from thoughts to contradictions of truth to imaginations which are not real. And we build up strongholds. We begin to believe that every pastor or apostle is not going to appreciate or recognize our giving. We begin to think that every law person is out. Listen, there's nobody in this room except maybe Ron Garner drives more miles than me. And I don't believe the police are out there to get me. I don't believe that. In fact, I was so embarrassed the last uh, ticket that I had. I don't know if you can remember. Well, actually, two tickets. I had guest ministers with me when I got them. And I had a long talk. You know, one of them was 3.30 in the morning, and they pulled us over in Milling, just north of Millington, with Harold Everly in the truck. We were driving in for him to preach that day. Are you hearing me? <clears throat> but I don't believe they're out to get me. I believe they're out there for my safety. Are you hearing me? But we, got, we cannot allow these strongholds. See, thinking about it, this is the final thought. Thinking about it, I have no idea where this fear of dogs even came from. If we could sit down with some of the young people that believe that every cop out there is a road cop, that every cop out there is ready to pull them over. And I'm using that today because it's in our face in the news. Are you hearing me? I heard a quote the other day uh, by someone that said, most every death of a policeman shooting someone is a white policeman shooting a black. The statistics say different. It says different. Are there road cops? Yes. 
but we've got to change our, and we've got to instill something in our young people. I believe this ties into what you did, your obedience today with your grandchildren, Linda, having them here, because dedicating them, and I believe it gives an environment to where they can learn to think. Now let's talk about some steps to secure your personal gate. Number one, you need to take control of the process as a deliberate act of your will. Take con control of every thought. Can I just tell you, we, we, uh, we've been living very interestingly. We had a woman who is known to do witchcraft show up on our property, the ark. Not only that, she went to the church where the conference, uh, where the, that hosted the conference recently and put some bricks there and burned chicken feathers. And she put a bunch, some of you might have caught it before I got it down, put a bunch of negative stuff that, about me, and she claims to be the only apostle in Arkansas, and, you know, all, very, very interesting stuff. And can I just tell you, one night I woke up in the middle of the night and fiery darts started hitting me. The money's not going to come in for that land up there but I recognized them <laughs> and I cast down every vain imagination and I took captive <coughs> what God is saying and he is saying acquire land in Arkansas you know in that word acquire land in Arkansas that doesn't say he's going to pay for it but I don't believe that he will guide you where he won't provide you and that's not a charismatic cliche. I believe he has a plan. I believe we're saying we're we're getting getting we've raised over a hundred thousand dollars now. If Facebook pays us, you know, you know that fundraiser I did on Facebook. No money's come in yet. I got to get Dawn on this week and find out how you know how you know we're a registered nonprofit, but there was nine thousand dollars raised and it hadn't come in yet. And it's been you know way back May the fourth, been over a month. It's time for it to come in. Can you? You know, would that agree with me for that? We got to move into resistance. See, we resist the contradiction. It's a lie. Some of you need to resist. Well, you know, I've been going to CityGate all this time, and you know, no room's ever been made for my gift. Well, resist that that lie. Come and talk with the leadership. You know, with that. Yeah, can I can I just tell you? Can I? How many of you here last Sunday? Was it as incredible a service as I heard it was? Pretty incredible. I heard the Holy Ghost preach. I heard nobody else preach the Holy Ghost preach. Would that be a good assumption? But can I, can I, can I be daddy? Have you not, do you notice in your long life that you have a lot more liberty in the prophetic or liberty in the things of the Spirit when I'm not around than you do when I'm around? That would be a great price for uh, the good, the man, the ugly music. <laughs> Come on, think about it. There's not any more liberty when I'm not here than it is when I'm here. The, the limitation is in your thinking. Amen? See, what God says is the only truth that exists, and it's the only thing that can make you free. Romans 12, 2 says, And do not be conformed. Conform to what? Your way of thinking. See, he wants us to have the mind of Christ. He want, I haven't said this here in a while. He wants you to think of things he would think of should he think of them. Yeah. 
And your religious mind just went, well, God thought of everything. But, but let me, yes, he has potentially, but he wants you to think like he thinks. I love to tell this story. Way back in the 90s, we were, we were building a 30 by 50 shop on our land, and I ordered all the metal in pre-cut. And I decided at the last minute not to go with two by four trusses. I went with two by six trusses. And it created a five and a half inch mistake in my metal. And I left there to go out to Arizona like we normally do. First year in 19 years that we've not been in Arizona this time. And I left to go do that conference. And I, Dean, our son, was about 16 when this was going on. Lord, that's been a long time ago, hasn't it? But anyway, he was about 16 years old. And when we drove back into town, we came the backside into our property outside of Dyersburg. And my son had thought of what I would have thought of had I thought of it. He had corrected the problem. And God spoke to me immediately. He said, that's why I want you to walk and live with me. It's called the mind of Christ. Let me just share with you. Sometimes you don't have time to go pray and fast to get a word from heaven. You just need to know the character of God and do what God with it. I think we need to change the bracelet not to uh, uh, WWJD. Is that what it said? WWJD? I think we need to change it to WWRJD. What would, no, uh, WWJRD. What would Jesus really do? Let me tell you what he'd really do. He'd probably slap some people. That sweet little lamb, he wouldn't either. Well, he turned over tables. He ran them out with a bullwhip, with some kind of whip, and he called them whitewashed tombstone full of dead man's bones and said they'd created a den of thieves. But he's a loving, sweet little, you know, his little cheeks are so rosy. You know, with that, he's so soft and mild and everything. No, I'm telling you, he is the lamb, but he's also the lion. In this nation, we've boiled him down to where we got good lamb chops when we need a good roar. We need to roar into some things. Are you hearing me? See, we got to move from just being teachable into transformable. The difference is, is apply what you're being taught. Well, Apostle, I applied it for about six weeks and it didn't work. I tried this tithing stuff. It really doesn't work. I, you know, I tried this. You know, I, you know, I hear you say you prophesy to your body. I tried speaking to the pain in my body. It didn't go away. Well, keep speaking to the pain in your body. Sometimes you've got to prove yourself to God. See, when you move into teach up, from being teachable into transforming, you refuse to let the contradiction develop. I'm not going to let things contradict what God word has said and is saying i've shared with you several a few years ago the lord said i don't want you to say the bible says anymore i said okay i lord i got it i won't i'll start working on that can you help me understand why he said because most people read the bible like it's a history book about what it has said rather than what it is saying you know even where it says you shall not live by bread alone but I, every word that it actually in the greek every word that is proceeding from the mouth of god What's he saying today? He's saying the same thing he said yesterday. He's saying the same thing he'll say tomorrow. 
But you gotta, you got to hear it like he's talking now, not hear it like he spoke 2,000 years ago. Am I helping you? See, only allow what God says about the situation to develop and shape your inner world. You need to frame your world with what God has said and is saying. You know, it said the world was framed by the spoken word of God, Hebrews, right? That word frame there, the purest that you can bring it out of the Greek into modern day language, it means bring into manageable boundaries. <coughs> Anybody here go through the Dave Ramsey training that Michael and Melissa did? You know, he teaches us how, how to attack our credit card debt. He teaches us which credit card to start on. In other words, you're bringing your debt into manageable boundaries. <coughs> I wrestled and wrestled with going back to the bank and just borrowing the money to put in the new heating uh, air system and the, uh, why would that get enough to go ahead and replace the carpet and all that. I never could come to peace about it. I believe God said work toward being debt free. Can I just add this? If you come in some extra, that could be 10 bucks. Give it on Sunday, you know, with it. We're, we're having to dip into reserve to be able to pay what it's going to cost. But we're buying a unit that's going to be far more efficient, far more effective. It's going to cut the utilities. It's going to do a better job. And thank God, one of the, one of the units that we've got running out here is a 20-ton, but it's only running on one of the compressors. <coughs> and has been. We had a wedding here yesterday for people outside of the church, and I'm thankful it's cool enough. And it's, you know, we, we might be a, not quite cool enough in here to kill beef, but we're okay today. Can you say amen? Now faith. John 8, 32, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Not set you free, make you free. In other words, God dismantles things. He, he disintegrates things <coughs> to make you free. He doesn't just come and un, <coughs> un, uh, bail you out, pay your bail, so that the charges are hanging over you. He expunges everything. And let me just share with you, I'm in total agreement Trump is looking at a lot of people who are, are uh, you know, he's doing this pardon thing and stuff with that. That's part of, of where this nation needs to go. If, if the new currency is mercy, let's let him show some mercy. That lady from here, what's her last name, Thomas, that was sentenced to life in prison, but over a deal, it, that was not righteous. And people trying to make it a color of skin. She wasn't mistreated that way because she was black. <clears throat> she was just mistreated by our court system. By the, it was not an injustice decision that was made against her. And I think he's an incredibly big man. But you know, he's a racist. I'm just trying to bring you into reality. See, when you have the mind of Christ, you'll know the truth and it'll make you free. See, new strongholds, you, when you know the truth and the truth makes you free, you begin to build new strongholds. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. He picked me up out of a pit. He put my foot on a firm foundation. And he put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise unto my God. By his stripes I've been healed. No weapon formed against me will prosper. Man, wouldn't we love it if it said no weapon will ever be formed? 
That's a much better gospel. <coughs> no, it just sounds like it, but in theory, it sounds like it in theory, but in actuality it's not, because I'm going to tell you, some of the weapons that's been formed against us has helped form us to who we are. We've moved into a place that we don't just trust God, we respect God. There's a difference. You can choose to trust God, but I want to tell you, when you choose to trust him, you create an environment that he can prove to you that we can respect him. See, the old ones begin to be replaced by your renew, renewed God-filled mind. When this happens, you move from being a victim into a victor. Three things that would keep you from winning the Bible, the battle, winning the Bible, winning the battle, old thinking. Thinking the same way you did before you went through the door that God has opened. Thinking the same way you did in the last era. You know, a lot of people don't stick here at City Gate because they come in with their imagery. Uh, you know, they, they come in with a contradiction in their mind. That of what They come in with it of what church looks like. Let me tell you what church looks like. The church looks like what we make it to look like. And it can have different methods. It can have different flows. It can have different effects, all of that. See, when, you, uh, when you're thinking the same way you did in the old era, today in the new era, or when you're thinking the same way uh, with it when you went through the door into the new place, you think the same way you did when you're standing outside the door, change is not going to come. You're going to revert back. You're going to lose it. See, it fa the effects of family, tradition, mindset, and prejudice. They become belief system and learn behaviors. We're at a place we've got to yield to live. Let me tell you how to become a, a victor, not a victim. Yield to his will. The flawed thinking patterns are difficult to overcome. So most people do not even want to pay the price in order to go there. Let me tell you what the new era is about. This open door is about. It's about a totally new operating system. It's not moving from Windows ME to Windows 10 or whatever we have today. It's a total new. See, most people want to go to church and be defragmented. You know, just get the clusters moved closer together. I know some of you don't understand this, and I'm not smart enough to really understand it, but I'm just telling you, that's not what God, he didn't want you to defragment your hard drive. He wants to, he wants to wipe your hard drive clean and install a total new operating system. I happen to know where there's a group of people, a pastor and his son and a group of people have put up millions of dollars, and they're very, very close to creating a totally new computer operating. I mean, it's nothing like we got. It's, anybody here know a little bit about computers? It's non-binary. Let, let, me, let me just bring that down to where all of us can understand it. I drove home from Atlanta yesterday, and three lanes narrowed down very quickly to one lane. That's, that's what the binary limitation in computers are today. We're getting better. Chips are getting better and all of that. But I'm just telling you, we're, and this, it, that, uh, the only thing that with it, and I could quote some big people that have looked into this deal, they're worried that it could actually so, a cha so change the world if it all came out at once. It could make obsolete every other type of computer, and there needs to be a process of release, you know, with it. Now, there are ways from this. <clears throat> but they're closer than they were five or six years ago when this began with a dream. Actually, ten years ago, probably nine or ten, when it began with a dream that God gave to someone. 
See, God gives us a new mind to think with, so we reprogram. So it's time to reprogram your mind, not just with new software, but with a new operating system. The new era equals a new operating system, and we need that system. The second thing is we've got to deal with our old learned behaviors. See, some of you, when you started coming to CityGate, you, all, you'd ever given, all you've ever done in your life was tithe, give 10%. And some of you have come into where you're giving more than 10% because you've come to understand that you were taught that you, you had to tithe, but you weren't taught. You were taught the tithe was seed. The tithe is not seed. Anything above your first 10% is seed, and that's what brings the harvest. And you've come into that understanding. So you're living within the same context of routine of the last era. There was a man, uh, Henry Ford, when he wanted to start the assembly line for the Model T, went to a banker and he said, I want to borrow money. And the banker said, get out of here, you young fool. I'm not about to loan you money. Don't you know that automobile won't last? The horse is here to stay. He, wasn't, he was not able, uh, able to enter in. He was not able to move into that place that he could think that a change like that can come. You think about computer. How, how many of you remember, besides Dodie and I, that when the computers started coming on the scene that, you know, the beast was in Belgium and it was a computer? That, you know, it was leading us straight to hell. I want to tell you, the Internet, as bad as it is, is good. On the way here this morning, I asked Siri a question. Sitting and I had a question. I just picked up my phone and I said, hey, Siri, uh, uh, we uh, won the definition to a word. And, I mean, it came right back. I don't know about you. I enjoy that. I enjoyed that I don't have to go down to the library and sit hours and drag out books and what used to take me two or three days to come up with an understanding of something that I can do in two or three hours now because the, the, I'm able to access the knowledge that's out there. Are you hearing me? See, life-giving kingdom relationship. We need to stay. We have many people staying within the old context of relationship, family, and their mindset. And this will keep your mind closed to a new thought or direction. It's time to think differently. Bob Dylan said this. We need to take on a new way of thinking, a new set of rules. Put our best foot forward and quit listening to fools. I got news for you. CNN, Fox, MSNBC, they are for-profit businesses. And bad news sells better than good news. I, every one of them. You know, I, and I have to tell you, I love, I, I love, you know, some of the, I, I love Hannity. He's not perfect, but I, I, love, I love to hear his perspective. And you know what? Sometimes when I hear his perspective, Holy Spirit says he's wrong, but I'm, I'm trying to get through to him. And then he says, how about you praying for him? Are you hearing me? And then sometimes I get up in the morning, I read our president's tweet, and the Holy Spirit said, he's wrong, you need to pray for him. Amen? But sometimes he puts out a tweet that's right. The third one is helplessness. See, many have learned to live with failure and pain and have a non-responsive attitude to something new learned from the pain of failure of the past. Listen, some of you believe your life will never change. Can I be honest with you? That is prevalent in the black community. 
The young people in the black community, a lot of them believe it will never be any different. They're going to believe the rest of their life that they're going to be suppressed by the white man. They're going to be held back, that they can't borrow money with that. I have to tell you, let's talk about the Ben Carsons. Let's talk about the, you know, the many names that we could of how they rose up out of abstract poverty because they used their mind and they dare to take a chance and they dare to step out. Am I, am I preaching okay? I don't, I don't believe there's limitations. I believe we create those limitations. I'm just telling you, if God is promoting you, no man can hold you down. I've never shared this publicly. My wife just started praying in the Holy Ghost. There was a leader in the about a five-state area when we first came in and started this church that treated me like I was a total reject, had no value whatsoever. Actually, it was a few leaders. And the Lord came to me one night and said to me, he said, I, I know this is not easy, and I know you're feeling the rejection, but if you will begin to declare you're a force to be reckoned with, I'll do the rest. I went to Susan and told her, we prayed into it, felt that I'd heard from heaven. And I, want, I don't want to give away what meeting, I don't want you to figure out, but we held a meeting here way back, probably about 2007. And this person who was a five-state leader was C. Peter Wagner and some pretty big-name people came. And in that particular meeting, I'll, I'll share this, in that particular meeting, it was when we repented here for all of the states, the Confederate states that succeeded out of the Union and, 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 and stood for slavery and things like that. And can I just tell you, the prophetic mantle that was on me carried that meeting. Just being truthful. And the person that was against me came to me and said, I, I just can't figure you out. I can't type your DNA. I can't put you in this stream. I can't put you in this stream. I can't connect you to this tribe. But said, I'll tell you one thing I saw in this meeting. You're a force to be reckoned with. <laughs> and two more leaders in the area who really, one of the leaders had called a meeting of 40 pastors, said, I want us to come together in agreement how we can run Clay Nash out of the Mid-South. And that person has now said to me out of their own mouth, one thing for sure, God has made you a force to be reckoned with. I'm not promoting me. I didn't get caught up on their resistance. At times, I, you know, I had to forgive 490 times a day to get through it, but I got through it. I'm trying to help you. See, when, you, when you're looking at the circumstances, when you're looking at the resistance, when you're, you're feeling helpless, you have TWT. Everybody say TWT. You have terminal ward thinking. You know you can put yourself on hospice? Just medicate me, give me enough morphine, I don't feel the pain. Man, I'm preaching good. Let me give you the answer to TWT. The promises of your tomorrows will always be found in the struggles of your today. I'm just telling you, 
Where's your greatest struggle today? That's where your victory is. Where your, where's your greatest struggle today? That's where your victory is. Let me finish with this. This open door and your personal gate secured is actually about TWT. Today, we triumph. I'm telling you, this open door, if you, as you secure, not if, as, you, the more and more you secure your personal gate, the more you're going to triumph. What are you going to try? You're going to triumph over evil. There's an old Carmen song, and I can't sing, and I can't do it, and everything, but it's out of Romans. Uh, can you remember, Susan, uh, about uh, putting evil under our feet or something? What, what's that scripture there in, in Romans 16 or something with that? Do you, do you, how'd it go? You remember it? Can you quote it a little bit? I don't know the scripture. That's right. Thank you, Todd. Let me tell you why Todd knows that. That became my favorite song for about a decade. <laughs> and he said under it. Amen. Say it again. Come up for Todd where we can hear it. You know that. If you might have it perfect, it don't matter. Give him the gist of it. Well, we actually made the song at, at Christ the King, Dougery. Uh, Romans 16, 19 says, Be excellent at what is good. Be innocent of evil. And the God of peace will soon crush Satan underneath your feet. Come on. Lead us in it again. Everybody stand to your feet.